What's up, Bike Rumor fans? A few years ago, I met an Italian upstart custom carbon bike brand at Eurobike called Exept. They were doing something unique, and the bikes looked killer. So I went to visit them and came home with a bike that I'm still riding today. Their office was small, doubling as an assembly point and showroom, with manufacturing done off-site. The appearance of a small, scrappy group of bike geeks was hiding much, much bigger ambitions. And this little company is poised to change the concept of a high-end road bike, thanks to a patented process that allows full custom, full monocoque carbon fiber frames to be made at scale. But getting from startup to major industry supplier hasn't been easy. Here's the story of how Exept launched, survived the pandemic's brutal effects on their core business, and is now building large-scale manufacturing capabilities for the entire cycling industry. If things go well, your next big brand dream bike could be full custom too. Please welcome Exept CEO and co-founder Alessio Rabagliati. Hey Alessio, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Taya. Yeah, so you are in a very uh, enviable location of Finale Liguria in Italy. When I visited you, it's it's beautiful, and all we got to do is road riding. So I feel like it's a spot where you can really do any outdoor activity, it seems. Yes, yes. It's very well-known uh, for uh, mountain bike and, in general, outdoor activities. So, yes, ne- next time uh, you will come here, we need to go mountain biking here. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think rock climbing and all the other fun stuff, too. Yes, yes. A lot of people ask me why there are so many mountain shops uh, in a, a seaside uh, city like like Finale Ligure. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, people should just look up pictures and just go to Google image search and I think you're going to want to go there. So it's a beautiful location for having a bike brand. And I want to, before we dive into where Exept is now, because it's, I think you've had to pivot a lot over the last couple of years with the pandemic and then, you know, like changing business models, you know, not once, I think, but even twice. But let's, let's go back to the beginning, you know, maybe when did Exept start? It was about five or six years ago, right? Yes. Me and my previous partners, uh, we founded Exept in 2017, basically. So that's uh, when, uh, we uh, found uh, the um, the first money. We we got founded uh, from first investors to start our project. Uh, yes, 2017, uh, and uh, we we attended first time to Eurobike in 2018 when probably we met first time for the first time. And uh, yeah, uh, as you, as you know, we founded the, the company around the patent technology that allowed us to make custom monocoque carbon frames. Yeah, which is a big deal because technologically that's seemingly a very hard thing to do, right? Because the definition of monocoque is the entire frame is built as one piece. But in order to be able to offer custom geometry and, well, custom layups you could do with that. But custom geometry is the real trick, right? Because to do custom geometry, typically the molds need to change angles at, all the critical joints. I know it's patented and you don't like, like you didn't even let me see all of the little details when we were there. But, you know, like explain that a little bit because it's, I think it's important for people to wrap their heads around how you do that. Yeah. The worst thing about uh, having a patent is that the patent is public. So everybody can download the patent and see exactly 
how the process uh, works. But anyway, uh, basically we divide, uh, just imagine uh, a closed mold for a frame, a bike frame, and uh, divide the mold into pieces. So, and uh, just imagine to be able to move these pieces uh, relatively uh, one to each other. And uh, in, in this way, you can envelop all the geometries, meaning uh, stack, reach, the length and the height of the bike, and all the angles, meaning uh, steering tube angles and uh, uh, saddle tube angle. So uh, basically, that's behind the idea to use a set, of, instead of uh, one unique mold, to use a set of molds that represent the joints, the four main joints of the of the frame, and uh, the four main tubes, let's say tubes of the frames. That's that's the idea. So uh, we use certain inside certain parameters. Of course, we have uh, a smallest possible size, a biggest possible size, and a uh, 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 um, variability of, of angles. Inside of these parameters, we can envelope any possible geometries. That's really cool. And, and what is, like in your words, what's the benefit of doing that versus like a tube-to-tube or some other, you know, lugged construction? Uh, the, the main advantage is uh, we have two main av- advantages. The first is uh, uh, the possibility to offer to the customer a real uh, performing uh, structure like uh, many brands that use close the molds uh, do so we have uh, uh, performance in terms of weight and stiffness that are uh, higher than uh, many big brands for example our frames uh, were tested by uh, tour magazine in germany and the outcome of the laboratory test uh, was amazing for us because uh, we performed well of uh, very uh, known and established brands. So performance uh, is uh, one uh, big aspect because no tube-to-tube design frame can match our performance. And uh, the second uh, main advantage is uh, uh, the uh, scalability uh, of our process that is not uh, is it's it's really an industrial pro- uh, process so we have no variability in production we have uh, uh, scalability of the project of, of the uh, production so meaning if we need to make 10 frames per month we can do 10 frames 10 frames if we have to do 100 frames per month we can do 100 frames so we are talking about an end. Uh, we have uh, the quality uh, of the process, uh, the stability of the process, uh, 100% under control. So uh, it's not like tube to tube made by a little artisan in his garage that <laughs> put one or more uh, uh, um, ply somewhere, somehow. It's not like this. We have uh, a very precise uh, ply book uh, and... Uh, uh, we are very, very, um, uh, we, we can control very well the process. That's, it's, it's very important for, for performance, but even more for, uh, uh, safety. Yeah. Well, I think anybody who builds 
carbon bikes, any handmade builder or something now that just heard 100 frames per month is probably like their heads exploding, right? Like that's unheard of in the custom bike, especially for, well, any material. It doesn't even matter what material. And I think that scalability, I want to ask you more about that a little bit later when we talk about you know where Exept is headed in the future. But for now, so, you know, I have an exempt bike. I came over, I toured your headquarters, which was a, you know, like where the assembly is done, not all of the full manufacturing. So I didn't, I, I got to see a good part of it, came home with a frame and I've been riding it ever since, had zero problems with it. It, it really is an amazing bike. And I'm not just saying that because you're, you're here on the show, right? Are like you- I, I wouldn't, I have so many bikes here and it is one of the ones I ride all the time. And I do like the layup. I think the ride quality is amazing. And so I'm really curious, right? Like this was, you know, you you were up and running, you were starting to build frames and I think grow the brand and then the pandemic hit and what, what happened? Yeah. I mean, as you know, you met my, my previous uh, partners. I, I founded uh, this company with uh, two other, uh, two other uh, uh, former colleagues, let's say. Uh, we, I had the idea of the patent and I asked them to join me and we founded this company together. Uh, the readability of, of the bike is, is thanks to my former colleague Alessandro that uh, is a so clever uh, engineer and uh, he designed the carbon layup. I designed uh, the bike. So uh, we were a good team uh, at the beginning to develop the to develop the, the 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 product let's say so we we together we made a very good uh, a very good product uh, the, the problem we have with, with all the journalists that they don't want uh, to to uh, <laughs> give back our bikes <laughs> all, it's, we have all the time this 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 problem it's not only you don't worry <laughs> i didn't know you wanted it back but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no and uh, yeah uh, so we we uh, started developing the bike uh, the bike uh, is is we are really happy about it so and when we went to the market uh, uh, with the market in 2018, and we start uh, to sell bikes in 2000, beginning 2018, and what was uh, quite a shock for the bike industry because we are able to do what uh, the whole industry was uh, looking for probably for many years. So making the carbon performance, uh, carbon frames, uh, uh, custom again. So that's that was the point, uh, and uh, we hit, hit the point. Uh, the problem that uh, in 2020, when uh, we uh, um, when we wanted to really ramp up production and uh, uh, grow the company, uh, we uh, we were uh, hit by uh, very hard by the pandemic because while uh, everybody uh, wants to go biking during the pandemic and the Decathlon <laughs> went out of stock of any bikes. Uh, we basically we had to stop because uh, uh, we make custom frames, so we need to meet uh, our customers. We need to meet them. We need to uh, measure them, to touch them, to speak with them. So at that time, it was impossible. It was impossible for uh, one year uh, and a half, probably. Here in Italy, it was impossible uh, since uh, half of 2021. So. Uh, it was impossible for us to meet our customers. So we basically, we had uh, quite zero income 
And uh, we also are a startup, so we have investors that uh, believe they believe in our project. Uh, and uh, most of the time, they are uh, entrepreneur uh, with the possibility to invest in others' uh, uh, idea. But uh, during the pandemic, everybody struggles with their own company, so they have uh, to focus again on uh, save their company and not uh, looking into startups. So. Uh, we uh, we run we basically we run out of money, and uh, we've not we've uh, and we were impossible to to meet our customers. So the situation was really bad for us and for other many companies, I guess, uh, excluding probably Decathlon. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> now uh, joking apart, uh, the, the situation was really bad. So we need to decide. Uh, who still uh, believed in, in the project and uh, who not. So when you are close uh, at home and uh, you start discussing about the future of the company, because we, we really had to decide uh, if to go ahead with the company or to close the company. We really had to decide this. So uh, I wanted to go ahead, but uh, I had to change basically uh, everything inside the company. So starting ag- again from the roots, so from our process, uh, our bikes, but but then we had to change everything else. So I changed the cap tables. I uh, I closed with my former uh, partners, and uh, I uh, look for for new ones for other people that can join me in this in this company and that can believe on the future of this company. So. Uh, it, it was was a time to stop the balls, no, and start rethinking again. Also about the business model because it was clear that uh, uh, having a business model that uh, forced you to meet all your customers was not working anymore because the, the world has changed so far. The industry, the bike industry, industry has changed. In the meantime, the whole supply chain uh, basically implode, uh, imploded of the bike industry. So we had to rethinking about about the, the about the, the company and our model. So luckily, we are a small company, so we can at that time uh, we were able to change the way we wanna make and sell bikes and. Uh, uh, I was lucky enough to find new partners that believed in the project also during that uh, tough times. So, yes, at the end of the day, I have to say that uh, I was pretty lucky. Yeah, I think, you know, compounded with all that is, you know, Italy was particularly strict about lockdowns, I think, which definitely made it hard to come and see. But it's funny because, like, you have this process that is so scalable for the manufacturing side of it, but then, you know, the having to actually like meet with your customers hands on is completely not, it's like the antithesis of scalable, right? Like it's very, very difficult to grow that because it is very time consuming too. You might spend an hour, two, three hours with someone per bike, not to mention the fact that you have to either they're coming to you or, um, so was it ever possible to use a network of, you know, bike shops that can do the measurements and the fitting for you and then send that data in? Or does somebody yes. really need to come and see you? Uh, no, no, yeah. We have uh, a network of dealers worldwide, but uh, 
they had the same problems during the pandemic and they have the same problem we have. So uh, we, we strongly believe uh, in, uh, in the relationship uh, we build uh, with our customer, meaning, meaning the customer uh, uh, help, uh, helps us to uh, make a stronger relationship with, with him and also to convince him that uh, he needs a custom bike and not a, sto- a stock bike. So that's easy when we met people. Uh, so it's good uh, to to meet our customer first because when we meet our customer and we explain what we do, it's difficult that uh, they exit the shop, our our showroom, and they go to buy a bike elsewhere. It's difficult because when they understand what's behind, uh, they want to go for it. The yeah. problem is that uh, for us and for uh, also for our uh, for our uh, dealer. Uh, Yes, it is time-consuming, and we have the possibility to make to uh, to meet uh, you know one hundred people per year, two hundred people cons- considering uh, also our dealers. But th- this is not the dimension we want to have. So, and also for our dealers, for for the dealers, it's easier to sell a stock Pinarello or Cornago instead of custom, uh, uh, except because they have to spend. Uh, more and more times to explain the project, explain that. So we are focusing, okay, we have some good dealers. We are very happy about that. And then we are developing our uh, business strategy through the, for example, through the bike fitters. So uh, also the bike fitters, uh, uh, they have the possibility to uh, suggest our frames, our bikes to their customers. So is like when you go to the dentist and the dentist suggests you <laughs> to the tooth proofer, no? And that's, that's the same. So uh, when uh, your bike fitter suggests you to buy a frame, okay, you can go for a uh, 56 uh, specialized uh, tarmac or you can, you have to make this modification of the bike uh, or you can go for a, for a, a custom bike. That's your accept. So... That helps us a lot. And of course, what you can do if you want uh, to meet more and more people, uh, but you cannot meet them physically, you go digital. So uh, we changed the business model. We are changing, actually, the business model in, in this time. We are changing our business model towards the digital. Uh, it's something you cannot do uh, with a uh, e-shop uh, or e-commerce, so we are going uh, towards the uh, virtual reality, for example. So the possibility to meet a customer that is in Asia or the, in the US, uh, uh, standing in front of the bike, uh, that's a, a virtual bike, standing in front of the bike and uh, discussing about the bike and explaining about the bike having the bike in front of us, but uh, being uh, into different uh, continents. That's our, that's our goal. So now I, I'm talking too much, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a cool concept, right? That's like, the way it's, for uh... us. What I can say is that uh, we are already uh, virtualizing our bikes and all the components. So in the next uh, weeks, in one month from now, I hope even sooner, we can release our 3D configurators 
that's uh, you can uh, configure in, in 3D your bike, uh, see the bike uh, in uh, augmented reality. So you can project the bike uh, inside your uh, your place, your garage or uh, your house. And uh, uh, that's the first step because it's a quite a huge investment. So the first step will be the 3D configurator that uh, we are going to release uh, in uh, three to four weeks maximum. Very cool. Right. And just to timestamp this, we're talking on November 15th. So, you know, mid-December, hopefully you'll have that running just in time for some holiday shopping, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. But we also, we still believe in a brick and mortar shop. So we are going to open a new shop here in Final Ligure. So the, the headquarters you visited last time is going to become only, uh, only headquarters. So only for, uh, for activity related to the to the company and not to welcome our customer we will have a proper showroom uh, more in the city center uh, so we can divide uh, the activity of the company and the commercial activity uh, and we also are going to open also in milan so yes brick and mortar shop uh, again for us uh, are are crucial but uh, uh, also the uh, also the dig- digital strategy is very important for our uh, growth. Yeah. So let's, before we start talking about the new bikes and, that, and the growth, when you had to stop doing the custom stuff because you couldn't get the bike fits, you introduced, and I was, I was honestly like, I was like, what in the world is this? You know, this this full suspension e-mountain bike with the exact, exact logo on it. And it was just, it was such a disconnect from what you had been doing, but it was, it looks, you know, I'm, I'm guessing anyway, it was just a stopgap, right? Like let's, we need something we can sell to maintain the business and keep the name out there. But what was the strategy behind that? Yeah, uh, it was another uh, uh, decision we had to make after the pandemic because we realized uh, how difficult it is to grow a new brand, uh, uh, especially on the road bike market that is a market that is very conservative is very closed just think about in in the road market we are still discussing about the disc brakes no <laughs> so just imagine how close is this market so it's very it's uh, maybe very... in italy i think for the u.s we're we're pretty much all about disc brakes now but <laughs> italians yeah. i think with their road bikes are much more traditional stuff yes yes we wanted to grow faster and uh, with the road bikes, the growth was really slow. We had to invest, and we are still investing a lot. Uh, that's why we we looking for uh, another other product lines uh, that uh, help the company to grow. Because at the end of the day, we have also to pay the bills. No, so we want the company to grow, but uh, we wanted to make something that uh, can align to our brands. Of course, uh, custom frames are are. Uh, really a must uh, in my eyes for high-end road bikes but if we talk about mountain bikes it's something that uh, doesn't make sense and uh, we are in finale ligure so for us the, the mountain bike is in our dna so uh was was uh, an easy decision uh on uh, which way we want to take for the next uh, uh, product so we went to mountain bike and uh, we went to e-bikes because are the fast, uh, fastest growing uh, segment inside the bike industry. We are in Finale Ligure, so we had uh, a big, uh, um, how to say, 
uh, a big market uh, around our our place here, and we wanted uh, to take a piece of cake. No, uh, of course, it's easier also for us to develop to develop uh, uh, mountain bike products here because we have everything. Uh, so it was an easy easy decision, and we are really happy about it because okay, our mountain bikes are they are not custom, but uh, we can customize the course course. But also, the price of our mountain bikes, e-bikes, are uh, are lower than our road bikes because they're two different level of product. So we tried to follow for for this one for the road bike. We tried to create a new segment on the market, and it's very difficult. It's very expensive for the for the mountain bike. Uh, project uh, we decided to follow the trend uh, for one time also, also for us to follow the trend and the e-bikes was an easy decision easy and we are really really happy about really happy about you have to try one we are struggling a little bit with the shipment of the e-bikes but uh, when we will be fine i will ship one to you <laughs> and for you maybe i'll just come see you and we'll ride in your backyard yes. Yes, I think you that's have the. I, I prefer that one. <laughs> yes, you have to, and we are so happy. I can anticipate uh, something more. Uh, we are so happy about our mountain bike business that uh, we are developing uh, um, a muscular uh, mountain bike that will be made. Uh, I give you another example of how uh, different can be uh, the business inside the company. We want to go for aluminium for our uh, enduro muscular mountain bike because we want to be back to the root, no? uh, not following uh, all the trends. Uh, uh, since we want to customize the geometry of, of, of this uh, mountain bike, it's difficult uh, to apply. Uh, not difficult, but uh, it's difficult to apply to the market our technology because the bike... Uh, uh, would be very, very expensive. So uh, we identify in the aluminium the uh, better solution for our custom mountain bike. So Will this still be made in Italy? Yes, it will be made in Italy with a custom geometry. And yeah, we fit a lot our uh, concept of, of company, uh, even if it's in aluminium and not in, in, in carbon. But it's not it's not carbon uh, the real answer to any question. So interesting. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what you develop on that end because I think there is certainly still a market for aluminum, but the adding the custom element to that, like, do you know what the price point will be? Because uh, not yet, <laughs> not yet. Okay, because usually you know the brands that have the aluminum models are they're designed to be a more affordable option to the carbon ones. But when you add the custom element, I wonder how much that's going to is that going to push the price of the aluminum ones up to what a, a normal non-custom carbon bike would be? Or do you think you can keep it down what people expect to pay? Yeah, we, we try to keep uh, uh, as down as possible. Also because for us uh, to customize geometry is is easier because it's part of our company. So the the, the price of the bike or the custom bike or the custom bike depends on the bike itself on the frame itself, so the construction of the frame, and depends also on the process, uh, the, the, the process uh, where, uh, between uh, the, custom, the customer 
and the product. Now you have to take all the measure, develop the geometry and put geometry in production. So in this part of the business, we are very, very good. So we can save money in this part. And, uh, and uh, of course, the product uh, uh, will be, the, the price of the product will be adequate to, to the market. So that's where we are working now. Very cool. And I just want to throw a definition in there. So you, you called it a muscular bike. I think a lot of people in the U.S. will say it's an analog bike or, you know, just a traditional mountain bike, one that you actually yes. have to use your muscles to pedal, right? No, <laughs> no e-assistance here. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, man. I, I love the the different terminology and just the, the colloquialisms, the slang that develop around the world for different things. I heard also talking about uh, uh, bio bike. A bio bike? Yes. Harkens back to the the Shimano Biopace rings or something. Probably. Cool. So let's let's talk road bikes because you haven't sent out any formal press information. Hopefully by the time people hear this, we'll have a story up on Bikeumer about your new road bikes, but they are showing on your website now. So tell me about those because I'm super excited to see the new stuff. Yes. Another thing we discovered in this month uh, talking more uh, with our customer is that our product line uh, was not really uh, on focus, uh, was not clear to the customer because we started with a platform with two different versions of the same bike. No, you have, you have what we call the classic one, so meaning with the uh, standard uh, cockpit around seat post, and uh, we had also the integrated one with integrated handlebar, um, drop drop shape uh, uh, seat post, and different uh, also different down tube. So, but it was not clear the purpose of each mo- or each version of the bike, which is which is the different and so on. So, we decide uh, we decide to differentiate uh, more our product line. So, so we basically. With two main models. One uh, is the Libera, that is a endurance, uh, uh, endurance uh, uh, focused bike, and the one, the other one is the Supra, that is a performance focused wa- uh, bike. So the the Libera is uh, the bike with the standard cockpit, uh, outside the cables, uh, round seat post for more uh, comfort, and uh, it's the bike uh, you want to buy if. Uh, you want to enjoy your ride uh, uh, to make a lot of kilometers without uh, uh, caring about uh, Strava segments uh, and uh, power meters. You know, you if you only uh, want to enjoy the bike, uh, you should for a bike that is, can give you comfort, uh, meaning also uh, the comfort is out of the geometry because you have... Uh, we are still talking about custom frame, so it's more comfortable with the position. Comfort because can uh, you can have uh, bigger tires on the bike uh, and the round seat post, of course. Yeah, how comfort. big of a tire oh, will it be? 35 millimeters. Perfect. Uh, on the other side, we have the Supra with the integrate, integrated handlebars uh, with all the cables inside. Uh, uh, more uh, aerodynamic shape of the of the tubes. Uh, uh, also, the fork is different, uh, and uh, that's the bike that perform uh, uh, better in terms of uh, of stiffness. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, the the two bikes 
have also different readability, so the angles uh, are different. The only common thing is the uh, custom geometry of the frame. Uh, we apply also because when we talk about custom frame, the position out of the bike fitting is the easiest part. That's easy. The most difficult part is to choose the graphics, color, and so on. <laughs> yes. Is that where yes. people spend the most time? <laughs> yes, yes. I have discussions with my customers for weeks about, <laughs> about, <laughs> yes, about the colors and the graphics because they choose a, uh, one color, then they call me back uh, in two days. Oh, no, I saw another one on your Instagram page. So I, I like that one more than what I chose two days ago. Or uh, I I discuss with my wife and my wife prefers, yes, she prefers the green instead, instead of the red. So it's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh man, that is. would be, talk about an innovation. If you could patent a process to, you know, like almost like a dial or the electronically, you could change the color of the logos in real time. That would be amazing. Yes. And that's why we are working in in, uh, in the direction of the uh, config real configurator because then uh, you can see the you you can see the, the the outcome of your choices in real time. So it's it's easier for you to choose and for me to explain and to 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 give you an idea of the final uh, result. But also we want to apply a different a different approach also for color selection. So we are working on color palette. So we are going to suggest to our customers some standard uh, color combination and palette depending uh, uh, on the season, for example, for Libera and depending on uh, which kind of uh, rider and person you are for the Supera. So meaning uh, uh, your, your persona influence your choice, not so we can uh, try to uh, to uh, guide you uh, uh, to guide you into the selection of your color depending on your mood, uh, your your uh, your uh, preference, and and so on. So not let you alone just choose a color, just pick colors randomly and choose one, but to give you some guidelines, like in the fashion industry, no. Uh, they are, there are some color combinations that make sense and some not. So we don't want to leave our customer alone to choose colors because it doesn't make sense. So we, we want to make good bikes and also beautiful bikes. And I mean, you are Italian after all. You, you <laughs> the fashion element has to come play in heavily, right? Yes. So. In, in, in general, our approach is to change not only how the, the bikes are made, but we want to change the way the, also the bikes are sold. So building a new customer experience for the cyclist. And uh, uh, that's also important for the color choice. Very cool. So let's talk bigger picture because you can make X number of bikes for your customers under your own brand, but you mentioned the scalability of it. And you mentioned that the industry has been, this is sort of the holy grail of the industry is to be able to offer full custom monocoque frames at scale, you know, in, in high numbers. 
So what's the, what is the business side of that for you? Because it seems like you could build bikes for others. Uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, our vision of the market and the high-end market uh, especially is that uh, if you want the best bike in the, in the market, you cannot uh, settle for uh, uh, a standard uh, Asian-made bike. I mean, if you are willing to spend uh, 12000 or $15,000 for a bike, for your dream bike, you, you cannot stand for, for a, a stock Asian bike and then start struggling with your position, changing uh, stems, uh, saddles, and so on. So it, it completely doesn't make sense. So that's was true in the 80s and 90s where uh, all the bikes, uh, the top bikes were made uh, custom uh, in uh, aluminum or uh, in steel uh, or in titanium. So why it's not more, uh, 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 it's not more true with carbon? It's, it's, not, it's not the reality. I mean, custom bikes, custom frames are still the, the, the best. You only need to look for a, a way to do that. So uh, that's why we strongly believe that any high-end bike should be should be custom. That's that's the truth. So, but uh, uh, you can uh, you can't uh, impose a new standard if you do this alone. So, uh, why uh, VHS cassette won? The, the war uh, with the Super uh, 8, uh, I guess, from Sony. Betamax, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, because they were uh, free for everybody. So it was a free standard. So that's why they won. That's exactly what we want to do. We, we want uh, to let other brands to use our technology because it's the best on the on the uh, is the best technology in the industry. So we want that also other brands can offer custom monocoque frame to their customer. That's that's how you can set a new standard. That's also another point that uh, uh, with the pandemic, uh, the perfect storm hit uh, the, the the bike industry. So the demand for bikes. Growed a lot, uh, but uh, the factories in Asia they were closed. They are <laughs> somehow still closed now. So everybody, including us, uh, had uh, uh, big problems to have material components and frame for Asia from Asia, and that's the same today. Yeah. So there was uh, uh, a process of reshoring the production here in Italy, also because, uh, as said before, uh, most of, cu- of customers, high-end customers, start asking to have made in Italy, made in Europe, even made in the US, for, in your case, a product. So, uh, but the company just realized, the brands just realized that uh, probably they are no more able to produce frames here in Italy or, or even in Europe because what happened in the last 20 years that all the all the skills and the, all the knowledge was moved to asia so it, only few very few brands 
are still able to manuf- to design and to manufacture frame in, in Europe and the US. So, and, and very few of them at any kind of scale. Yes, any kind of scale. Yes, of course. So, company just start uh, calling us and ask asking us uh, if uh, we wanted to produce frame for 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 them. And uh, yes, of course we want because we want to produce frame uh, because our knowledge and uh, our uh, uh, capabilities are uh, way bigger than accept than the accept brand. So really, we, we really want to uh, make uh, uh, our knowledge available uh, for the. Uh, for the biking industry. Do you have some brands that you're already talking to? And if you can share, that would be awesome, but I'm sure it's top secret. Of course, uh, I can't share the names, but yes, we are already working on some uh, uh, big, uh, uh, quite big projects from bike brands and uh, non-bike brands, because Hmm. now everybody wants to make bikes. Even yeah, it seems like, you know, like any, even though uh, I'm just assuming automotive, right? There's plenty of Italian car brands as well. And yes. a lot of the automotive, not just the, the people, the brands making cars, but the people like we, I talked to Bontaz, right? Like they're a brand that makes hydraulic components for cars. And so they're getting into brakes because they already know hydraulics, right? And they understand <laughs> that e-mobility and the market for non-automotive parts is going to grow so big. So like, it only makes sense to branch. Like that does make a lot of sense. You know, yes. non-endemic. You know, any sort of mobility brand has got to be looking at bicycles. Yes. Also, because if you if, if we are talking about the urban mobility, the urban mobility is moving from small cars to bikes. So the utility cars uh, will uh, uh, will uh, um, how to say. Uh, inside inside the cities, you are uh, you are going to see a lot of bikes, e-bikes in the future, and uh, very very few cars because electric cars they are very expensive, and uh, uh, not everybody will be uh, able to buy an electric cars to go into the for uh, commuting, for example, and people. Uh, uh, out of the pandemic, people uh, is less, uh, uh, let's say, less happy to take uh, public transportation. So they will commute by bike. So that's why also car makers like Porsche, just look at Porsche that uh, just bought uh, uh, Fazua. So they are uh, investing a lot uh, in, the urban, in the new urban mobility, that meaning bikes. So yeah, we are uh, we are discussing contracts also with uh, uh, with car manufacturer. Okay, I can tell you. <laughs> also with car manufacturer, we are going to set up uh, quite a big uh, production plant uh, here in Italy that uh, we want to become uh, the first uh, uh, in Italy, but uh, also the first uh, in Europe. We know that in Portugal that that they are already doing the same, but. In Italy, we have the possibility to, we have the biggest brand, we have the best technology. So if uh, there is a country where to build a factory, a carbon bike frames factory, that's Italy. That's awesome, man. It's super exciting. I can't wait to see what you guys 
come out with, you know, or, or just even to see your own new road bike. So we'll get over there next year and go for lots of rides. Yes. Next time you will come to Italy, you need uh, more than one days because we will have lot lot to show to you. So you, we want to show you the, uh, our new bikes. We have to ride our mountain bikes. We need to go to our new shop, uh, showroom here in Finale, and we have we will have to visit our plant. Yeah. Well, so when does the when does the new factory, the big factory, open and for business? You know, are you already cranking bikes out? Uh, we are founding the the structure, so we are uh, uh, collecting the new partners to invest in this because it's quite a huge investment. So we are collecting the money, basically to do that. And the factory will be in Veneto, near to the to the partner, the production partner we are using now, because we have the competence to designing and engineering in designing engineering bikes. They have the competence to manufacture carbon pieces. So uh, that's why we will have our our factory there. And uh, also for the painting, uh, we are. Uh, trying to st- structure more uh, our uh, uh, supply chain because also painting bikes is not easy. Awesome. Great. Well, Osio, thank you so much for your time. It's really cool to catch up and you know hear about all the exciting stuff coming out. And what is for the new road bikes that under the exact name, when do they start shipping? Uh, we will start shipping uh, beginning December, so in one month. All right. So if somebody wants one, start getting your your bike fit done now yeah exactly exactly we are already already performing some uh, uh, bike fitting sessions for the first customers so i you know i should ask because having ridden one years for so long like it's for somebody who was familiar with the bikes or maybe had one what are the big improvements or updates or upgrades from the original models to the new ones are they lighter stiffer faster we made uh, small changes so the Libera model is uh, more uh, comfortable for long rides. So we design a new geometry, new basic geometry, meaning new angles. Uh, there is a new fork. So you, you are going to receive a fork that is different from, from uh, what you have now. Okay. Uh, and for the Libera, we adopted a fully integrated cockpit. And uh, we revised the, the layup, so is uh, is also stiffer. Please don't ask me the percentage, ten percent, five percent is is stiffer. All right. Well, cool. Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate the conversation. Yeah. Thank you for uh, for the invitation. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. You are part of the Accept family from the beginning. So yeah, it's a pleasure every time. I right, appreciate that. Okay. If you like this episode and have a product or tech you're curious about, head over to bikerumor.com slash podcast and fill in the form to submit your idea. You'll also find links and photos for this episode there, plus a link to this and every other episode we've ever recorded. If you really like this and want more, hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and leave us a rating and review. That's the grease that keeps our wheels spinning over here in podcast land, and it helps us keep getting amazing guests for you. You can find us on social. We're at Bike Rumor on all the things. And if you like random entrepreneurship, NFT, Web3, cycling stuff, you'll find me at Tyler Benedict on all the social channels. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep the rubber side down.